Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. God wants to push us further into his perfect will tonight. I want to be a part of that, don't you? I want to be a part of that. 1 Samuel chapter 30 to the media crew. Don't be alarmed by the number of scriptures. I've never in my life preached that many scriptures in one sermon. If we get through three of them, you guys can pump your fist back there. We've, we've made it. 1 Samuel 30. We're going to read something a little familiar. I, I, I got to thinking when I left here the other night, the last Sunday night I was with you, I thought to myself, they probably wonder if I have any other topics. I just use the same title every week. I'm not creative, I'll, I'll be honest with you, but this is what God's put in my heart. 1 Samuel 30, verse 7, And David said to Abathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. We preached on that already. And Abathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. We preached that. Say amen to it. So David went, he and his 600 men that were with him, and came to the brook Besor, where those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued he and 400 men, for 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Besor. You skip down to verse 16. The Bible says, And when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing, because all of the great spoil that had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. And David smote them in the twilight, even unto the evening of the next day. And there escaped not a man of them, save 400 young men, which rode upon camels and fled. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. Watch this. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither son nor daughter, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. Amen. It is my intentions tonight to preach to you for a little while on possessing the spoils. Possessing the spoils. Hallelujah. Do you feel him here tonight? Are you going to help me? I, 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 I'm not, I hope I'm not being ugly, but I just I feel like we're a little tired tonight. And ain't nothing wrong with that. Tired don't mean backslid. <laughs> I, 
The problem, however, is I don't know how to preach to tired people. And sometimes my wife says on the way home, you were too rude. And I say, yes, Lord. I'll do my best to hurry. But God wants to do something in this room tonight. I wonder if we could set our Bibles down one more time and we could go to the Lord and praise. Remember what I told you the other night? Praise brings in the spirit of victory. Come on, can you begin to praise him right now? Come on, he's worthy of that. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated possessing the spoils. I don't just look tonight at what I have believed has happened in the spirit in the services that I've been a part of at MPC. But I look at this season of revival that you are in that started at least since camp meeting this year. I was casually scrolling Facebook, I believe it was last week, and I saw my man Rhett getting baptized, if I wasn't mistaken. And I hate he's not here tonight. I want to at least give him a fist bump for that. But the baptismal waters have been troubled. The altars have been stirred. And we have heard from God. We've heard the prophetic. We've heard, no doubt, the teaching. And we are in a mighty move of God. I opened my first sermon with you a few weeks ago by telling you that we weren't in a moment of revival, but that God was bringing you into a perpetual state of revival. And I don't know how you feel tonight, but I don't believe it's over. I don't believe it's ended. I don't believe that we got excited and now we're in a lull and it's just kind of slowing down. But I believe that the reaper is still going to overtake the planter. I believe there's still going to be an outpouring of God that is going to confound our minds and move us into taking territory for the kingdom of God. If you believe that, would you clap your hands tonight? I like, if I, I'm not a school teacher, but if I was, I, I would love to have been a science teacher. I love experiments. I love to get people a part of it. And I believe that you are in a perpetual state of revival. But I also believe what the Word of God says in Joel. I believe it's chapter 22. It says, Thou shalt decree a thing. And it shall be established unto thee. Let me me put that in Switzerland County talk, all right? If you say it, it will happen. If you decree it, it will happen. If you declare it, it will happen. Not, not, to, not to meddle, but that's why when, you look, when your kids are little and they're driving you nuts and they're acting a fool, we don't need to say things to our little children like you will never be anything. You'll never, you'll never amount to much. 
And if there's school teachers that say to children, they should be fired on the spot. We've got to be careful what we declare and what we decree. So I said to you that you're in a perpetual state of revival. I believe that you ought to take authority in the spirit tonight. And you ought to say, it won't stop. It won't stop. I'm going to say it till you get it. I want somebody to jump up on your feet and say revival is not going to stop. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody praise him. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You know that verse. You can give them the next one. I think that's the one on there. Death and life and the power of the tongue. So God has told us, service after service, that we're in revival rivers. There's recovery. There's restoration. There's renewal. God's putting all of that. But what the enemy would love to convince us of is that that may last for a moment, but it's going to come to an end. But God sent me tonight to tell you, we're going to empower your tongue to declare this re... Helping me. This revival's not about ready to start. In fact, it really has not got started yet. We have not yet seen what God wants to do. We have not yet seen the power of God. He wants to pour it out and it will not stop. I dare you to say it again. It won't stop. It won't stop. It won't stop. Clap your hands and love Him tonight. Come on, praise him, praise him, praise him. I got a little saying. I, 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 I coach basketball a little bit back home, and I got a little saying I say before we leave the locker room. I'll say, guys, we're not competing with that other team tonight. We are competing with what we are capable of. It matters little who's next in the locker room next to us. Let me say something. And One of the, one of the kids said to me, he said, he said, why do you say that every game? Why do you say that all the time? I said, because until you get it, I'm going to keep saying it. So I want to say it to you again. Until every bit of doubt leaves this room. What we are in. You've been to good services. We've been to camp meeting and got the high. That's not what's happening here. You've got prophetic canopies that are resting over this house now. And God sent me tonight to, you know what? To tell you, I've given you the word. And now I'm going to equip you to walk in the word. Oh, will you clap your hands and love him tonight? Come on, let's praise him. God wants to equip you to possess what has been promised. God wants to equip you to possess what has been promised. Listen to me tonight. To this church I say directly. You will have specific and clear direction. There are strategies that are going to be released to you. And hell will not know your battle plans. Hell will not be able to hinder you. You will hear and feel the fire of God. As MPC and the church of the living God. Take every objective. But the enemy cannot. 
and will not prevent what has been established before the foundation of the earth. So I say to brother and sister Gill, go for broke. Church, I say to you, go for broke. Because you are in the perfect will of God. I believe there's coming a new boldness in the spirit to this church. Now, I'm, I'm hearing my wife in my ear, so I'm going to not be rude. When I say this, I'm not talking about you're not responding well enough. I've had a blast preaching to you all the last few weeks. That first night, you almost killed me. I ended up in all kinds of blood pressure trouble. We're doing good now. We are. I went to the doctor the other day. She said, your blood work's good, your blood pressure's good, and you've lost 15 pounds. I said, well, you told me I was going to die. That kind of woke me up a little bit. I said, it's this church, this little church in Medora, they about killed me. So I don't want you to think, I'm not, I'm not saying you're not responding well. But I feel the enemy does not want you and I to connect tonight. And it's not about, I can't preach and you're not supporting me. I don't want, it's not that. There is a force of hell that would love to come in here. There are some of you, you're trying, to, you're trying to connect with me, but your mind is a million miles from this service. You're thinking about bills and dishes and laundry and everything you got to do this week, and that's what the enemy loves, and he wants to keep you distracted because if you're distracted, you cannot get equipped, and if you cannot get equipped, you can shout about it, but you will never possess it. But I'm telling you, the devil is a first-class liar, and I came with the power of the Holy Ghost on me tonight to tell you, not only have you heard the Word, but you are going to walk in the word. You're going to possess the word. There's not enough devils in hell to stop it. God has got his hand on this church. God has got his hand on this leadership. God has got his hand on this revival. God's got his hand on your family. God's got his hand on it. And there is nothing the enemy can do to stop the move of God. I wish you'd throw your hands to heaven and say, Rain, Lord, rain in my spirit. Clap your hands and love him, love him, love him. Now, this is how I, this is how I wrote this. And it was like I thought I was writing a letter to you. It says, Pastor and Sister Gill, indeed, go for broke because you're in the perfect will of God. NPC, you will have a new boldness in the spirit that will even surprise you. See, now I come tonight with the thoughts of equipping, but that's another word God's dropping on us. There's a new boldness coming to us. You see, see... Is anybody else tired of sin and the world and the enemy having all the boldness? But let me just say this. I love stuff like this. It, it, I'm able to channel my inner smart Ellie. I'm not talking about a new boldness where your fingers type real fast on social media and you type all your opinions and beliefs. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a new boldness where people shadow starts touching people. That's in the Bible. I didn't just make that up. 
I'm talking about a new boldness when a co-worker comes to you and says, I'm really going through a hard time. You don't say, well, I'll tell my pastor to pray for you. But you say, hey, come out of this break room right here for a little while. Let's get over here where nobody can see us. I want you to grab my hand. Let me tell you about the power of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you about what happened at my church Sunday night. Let me tell you about how blinded eyes can be open and deaf ears can be unstopped. Let me tell you about the power of the Holy Ghost. I feel something militant up in my spirit tonight. It's time we stop letting the devil back us up in a corner and making us feel like we don't have enough fight in us. I'm telling somebody, we've got what it takes. Clap your hands and love him. Somebody clap your hands and love him. I feel like tearing every devil down in this room. I feel like getting a bolt. Some of you getting a boldness up in your spirit that says I'm tired of being pushed off in the corner by every little thought and whim that comes through my I'm telling you, there ought to be a sweet sister that says, I'm not going to forget the last three Sunday nights, uh, but I'm going to rise up uh, in this house uh, and I'm going to believe that I've got the power. I wish somebody would shout right now. You're just going to have to pray so I can get my spirit right right here. Woo. I don't know how to ask this in a spiritual way. Have you ever put somebody in their place? Don't answer out loud. Don't answer out loud. As soon as I asked that, everybody looked the opposite direction of me. So I'll take that as a lot of you have done that. I have. I, 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 I've, I've had to say to someone, hey, wait, wait, wait. You're, you're, sir, you're not going to talk to me like that. I love you. I, one guy was cussing me out one time. And I, I went after church on a Sunday and watched one of my sons play ball. Some guy come up and just give me a piece of things, let me have it, start cussing me. I still had my suit on from church. I said, sir, you're not going to talk to me that way. Did I, did I holler back? No. But I just let him know he wasn't going to talk to me that way. Some of you, I, I know this isn't deep. I got some, some stuff we'll get to in a little while if I can get to it. But, but I got to get this up out of my spirit right now. If we wouldn't let somebody on the street talk to us a certain way, what in the name of good sense are we doing letting the devil talk to us? 
Because I'm just going to tell you, I'm not a fool when it comes to what's moving on me right now. And there's been some folks, in spite of the miraculous things God's been doing around here, the last couple weeks here, there's been enough time passed that you've started letting the enemy creep back in your mind. And I come here tonight to start a fire in your spirit, that you would rise up in your spirit and say, devil, I may have gave a little space, but I've had enough of it. You're not going to talk to me that way. You're not going to act as though I'm a nobody. I'm a child of God. I'm a king i'm a priest god is somebody praise him just love him love him love him love him love him love him Hallelujah. We need to just take about 30 seconds here and we need to get in the spirit of God and let God move in this house right now. Love him with me. Love him with me. Love him. I feel him moving in here. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Be seated, be seated, be seated. What I'm about to say is, is not a, I, I'm not a, a statement of judgment. But what human nature is. We cannot, we just simply, it seems it's difficult and maybe not even healthy to run at a premium all the time. And so, thank God, even though we don't love the valleys, thank God for the ebb and flow of life. Because if we lived at a high, uh, there's things you learn in the valley that you just got to learn. You can't learn it any other way. Understand with me tonight. There are spaces, there are moments, there, there are fragments of time where we may not be licking the paint off the ceiling. There's just those moments and this, 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 those seasons. But hear me in the Holy Ghost tonight. This is not a time to take it ease in Zion. This is not a moment to hang your harp in the willow tree and catch your breath a little while. This is not a moment to say, I just, you know what, we can't, we can't shout all the time. This is absolutely a moment to get on the red hot trail of God like you never have in your life. I had a man of God come one time to our church. He was using the gifts, powerful man of God. And he, he was preaching. In the middle of his preaching, he called a couple out in our church. 
and, and spoke a financial blessing over them. Of course, the church, we just rejoiced with them. Everybody's just weeping. They're weeping. Excited, thankful for it. That was a Sunday night. On Tuesday, that guy went in to work, got mad at his boss, and quit his job. Now, God just told him he was going to give him a financial blessing. But he couldn't keep his spirit in check long enough to keep the job that would have probably brought about the blessing. So I'm not negating, I I can't speak to other services, but I'm not negating the edge, the overflow, and the harvest. But I'm just saying that's the word, and now we got to walk in the process. We've got to stop thinking that the prophetic is a lottery we won. It's a word to beckon us farther into the things of God. If he wanted the prophetic word about finances to come, brother, he should have worked overtime, not quit the job. If we want the prophetic about an overflow of the Spirit of God, that means we probably ought to pursue Him like we've never pursued Him before. Clap your hands whether you agree or not. (laughs) I I attempted to preach it here. I attempted to preach it here when we did the installation with, with the new sanctuary here. I attempted to preach holy craving. Never got to it. But absolutely, if we're going to walk in the prophetic word of God, there has got to be an insatiable holy craving in us that says this is not the pinnacle. See, that's, that's, that's what we... I don't know how, how you are. But, 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 but most humans, we want to arrive. And and five, six, seven, eight, or nine baptisms and a few good Sunday nights is not arriving. If anything, it's the entrance. Excuse my vernacular, but if, if it's anything, I would say to you, baby, we have not seen anything yet. Here's why. Here's why. Because the last night I was here, I, I, I gave you the formula that if you bring praise in the room, the victory of the Lord shows up, right? That was for the lame to walk and the, and the dumb to talk and for blinded eyes to be open. That hasn't happened yet, but it is going to happen. That's the prophetic canopy. That's the word that is resting over you. But if you want that word, you cannot come to church on a Sunday night and say, maybe it'll be good next week. You've got to come every Tuesday, every, every Sunday and say, God, I'm running after you. I've got to have more of you. I've got to have more of your presence and more of your power. Oh, clap your hands and love him. Clap your hands and love him. Actually, and, and, and I have I, I pastor sweet people, but one of my closest friends is using the gifts, and, I, and our church loves when he comes. But, but sometimes our greatest struggles is after he leaves because we think we've won something. We think, oh, we got it now. But the truth is, is the word is supposed to be the firecracker or the spark plug to get us to go deeper. Something has got to move in our spirit to say we haven't prayed like we need to pray. We haven't shouted yet like we need to shout. We got to possess 
the spoils. Are you, are you okay? Everybody good? All right. So David has got to recover all. He's been promised, Pastor, that he's going to recover all. You do understand, and I don't throw that word prophetic around lightly, but I feel like this many Sunday nights into it, it's time for us to talk about what it is. But, but listen to me. You do understand that David was told, if you pursue, you will recover all. You've been told, if you pursue, revival is going to overtake you. You got it? Nod. Breathe. Smile. Okay? So David went, he and 600 men that were with him. They came to the brook before you know this. And I mentioned this previously, but I want to say it again. But David pursued he and 400 men for 200 abode behind. The truth is, As powerful as the prophetic word of God over this house is, there will be some people who just don't want it. They just don't want it. And that doesn't, we're not going to write them off. We're not going to talk bad about them. We're going to let them come and we're going to let them enjoy God. And they're going to be our brothers and sisters in the Lord. There's just some people that they don't understand that pursuing what God has for them is more important than our necessary breath to live. They're satisfied. Or they're weary or they're tired or life has has beat all the zeal out of them. I don't know the reasons. We're going to love them, but they cannot take the journey with us. But hear me tonight when I tell you, you are not alone. Because if you're one that says, I'm going after it, you're not alone. Hear me. There may be some that decide they'd rather stay by the brook. But there's other men and women in this room tonight that have their mind made up. We are going after what God has for us. And listen to me. All we need is two or three. But I believe there's many people in this room tonight that are not satisfied with the ordinary. They are ready for the supernatural. Oh, clap your hands in loving. Clap your hands in loving. I think I even said it this way. If I didn't, act like this is a new revelation. If anything... When 200 men stayed behind, David learned he had to travel light. There should absolutely be services happening in, in your church where there, are at, where there are just what we used to call shout-outs. Victory dances, praises, rejoicing. But there should also never be more of a time. I, I know I'm not screaming, but I hope this is, is okay. There should never be a more, more of a time where there's being stuff left on these altars than there is right now. David, you can't take all 600 with them. Church family, there's some toxic things you cannot take with you into this next dimension of revival. I feel the Holy Ghost. There's some behaviors and some patterns and some feelings and some emotions. You cannot take them where we are going. You can't. So you can either choose to stay by the brook or you can decide I'm going to leave some things on this altar because as for me and my house, we are going after what God has for this church. I, I, I really don't want to bore you, but I'm trying to equip you. There, I, I, hope, I hope you expose your heart to me for a moment. There are some things. Now listen. You, I heard this and it's great. 
You cannot lead yourself as long as you lie to yourself. And you got, as far as I'm concerned, greatest pastor in the world. You ain't. This man's a legend. He's not a bishop. He's a bishop legend. And I'm not saying that poking fun at him. He's putting his head down. But it's the truth. You ever been? You can be anywhere. You can be in a room full of preachers. When Brother Walls walks in, everybody sort of straightens up for a little bit. I, I could have. I could have killed my wife. She was, she was on me for years about going on missions trips, and I wouldn't go. I was avoiding it. And she took advantage of getting at a, at a table for fellowship with Brother Walls one night and told him, yeah, I can't get my husband to go. I got, I got short legs or I'd have kicked her under the table. And so every time I see Brother Walls, I went into shame. I couldn't wait the first time I went on mission trip. I was thinking about the whole time I was in Poland. I can't wait to see Brother Walls. I've been to Poland. It wasn't Africa. It was, it was a little bit nicer. But listen to me. Understand. You've got great leadership. Great heritage. But if you're going to walk in the prophetic that God's been giving us, the number one thing you're going to have to have in leadership is the leading of yourself. Pastor cannot go home with you. He cannot determine what you watch, what you think, what you post. He cannot do that. He can disciple, he can teach, he can lead, he can counsel when necessary or needed, but he cannot do that. But listen to me, I believe at large in the apostolic movement, we've got a lot of people that cannot lead themselves into the things of God because they are satisfied to lie to themselves. I had one gentleman one time, great, great guy. I love him. I love him. But he had an unbelievable ability to create his own reality and believe it. He was perpetually late to stuff. And it's like a pet peeve of mine. I hate being late. This sis picked on me when I got here tonight. She said, well, you were on time tonight. She's my friend now. I like people who pick on you. She said, he, he was always late, and I hated it. And finally, I, got, I, I pulled him aside and I said, you are no longer welcome at those meetings. I love you, but you're not welcome. Everybody in there knows I hate you being late, and you're late every time, so you're not welcome. But he one day was talking to me. He said, I've really been working on that. I'm not late anymore. He was still late to everything. But he could create his own reality. We cannot do that, church. I had no intention of going this way. but this is what I, We cannot say, I'm healthy. When we're toxic. I'm healed when we're broken. We cannot lie to ourselves. Because the prophetic that is above us. Is going to be a weight that we've got to bear. I'm telling this church tonight. I don't, I've never, my shadow's never healed anybody, but I wish something would drip off me and drip onto you as I'm walking by tonight. There's got to be a wholeness that comes to this room. There has got to be a healthy wholeness in our spirit, in our emotions, in our lives that comes to this house. Where we are going is too great for us to haphazardly, haphazardly go into it and say, well, you know what, this will be all right. There's no reason for me to face that. I'm telling you, you need to get acquainted with these altars like you have never been acquainted with them before. You need to be willing to put some things up on this altar and say God I want to I want to recover the spoils equip me help me strengthen me but most of all deliver me yeah. Yeah. clap your hands and love the Lord tonight
Come on, clap your hands and love the Lord tonight. Come on, praise him, praise him. I'll get to really the heart of what I was going to say. I should have already been there. but So I thought about it. And, and this is what hit me. This is when I, when I texted you the other day. And I don't say, you know, a lot, of, a lot of folks say God tells them everything. Well, God told me to go to McDonald's for lunch. I, I, think we, I, I believe God speaks. I think we've got to be careful with that. Yes, sir. Would you believe it or not? I just wore a khaki suit tonight. God didn't tell me to. But the truth is, God does speak. And I do believe God gave me a revelation, and I need you to hear it. And trust me, I would rather be preaching Mach 1. That's what I love. But maybe God wants to get this in your heart. One of the number one things that the enemy does after the prophetic has been given to us, one of the number one things he attacks with, are you ready? Is a spirit of isolation. I have yet. I'm not referring to myself in any means. But I have yet to meet a man that walked in the office of a prophet. That did not privately struggle with periods and bouts of depression. It's one of the number one things the enemy will do. Is try to isolate us. Listen to me tonight. Isolation is the devil's specialization. I can prove it to you. He loves to isolate the prophetic. Are you okay to hear just a quick Bible story? Look at 1 Kings 19 with me. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. And with all how he had slain all the prophets with a sword. And Jezebel, oh you got to love Jezebel. Sent a messenger unto Elijah saying... So let the gods do to me and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. Are you with me? And came and sat down under a juniper, juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die, and, it, and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. Now understand something. Just, I'm going to read a little more, but understand something. I realize that he is under the attack of the spirit of Jezebel. And, and, and another night, another, someone else can teach you on that. And, and to me, that's one of the number one things the enemy's using in churches to attack. It must, it, we cannot learn it. We cannot tolerate it. We've got to deal with it. He, there, is, there is undeniable evidence here. That he's heard Jezebel's voice, her message, and it's brought fear into his life. But I believe there's something else at work as well. The next verse says, As he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake bacon and coil, bacon on the coils and a, cur- a cruise of water excuse me, at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in with strength of meat forty days and forty nights in the horror of the mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. Watch this. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he just got through calling fire down from heaven. 
He just got out of a powerful move of God. He just baptized a bunch of folks. He just, he just heard about the edge and the overflow and the harvest that was coming to his church. He just saw people get the Holy Ghost. He just saw people getting delivered and set free. Fire down from heaven. And now, all of a sudden, he's went from sitting under a juniper tree, wishing he would die, and now he's hiding in a cave. Watch what he answers. The Lord said, what are you doing here? What are you doing here, Elijah? Here's what he says. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And watch this, though. I, and even... And I only am left. And I seek my life to take it away. What's he really saying? He'd never been more isolated in his whole life. He, he was a prophet of God. Undeniable. Just like I've told you, there's undeniable anointing resting on this church. He was a man of God, but now he's went from sitting under a tree. He's in a cave, but when he's talking to the Lord, he's saying, I and I only. I'm telling you, there's nothing. And you may say, Brother Wilson, there's no divisions. There's no problems. There's nothing. I know what God spoke to me. There is nothing the enemy could do to really stop what God is wanting to do in this church other than separate you one from another. Because isolation is always the devil's specialization. He wants to isolate you from one another. He's smart enough to know that one puts a thousand, two, ten thousand. He's aware of the power of unity that's in you. So he, listen to me. The, the devil knows there's nothing he can do about where you are tonight. He is preoccupied completely with stopping you from going where God has told you you are going. He can't stop tonight. It's already here. We're already walking in it. We are at this dimension in God. He wants to stop the next dimension. And he knows as long as you and I are linked up in the spirit, he knows he can't stop you. So his only hope, his only hope, help me, Drew, is to get you all alone, away from the church, away from one another. Oh, sit down right there. Away from fellowship to get all alone so all you can feel is your trouble and your trial and your problems and your difficulty and oh me and oh my and nobody loves me. He wants to isolate you because he understands the power in our togetherness hear me in the Holy Ghost if we're going to possess the spoils it will be together we are better together we are better together and the devil wants to separate I need you to love the Lord with me right now come on I need you to love him with me right now My estimation, when he answers that question of why he's in that cave, he is absolutely under the spirit of isolation. He feels completely alone. Whether it's the fear of Jezebel that got him there or what, he feels that nobody else is serving God. Nobody knows the trouble he has. He is all alone. But watch what God does. I really hope I'm not boring. 1 Kings 19 verse 11. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mountain before the Lord. And before the Lord passed by, a great and strong wind rent the mountains. Somebody said, God started moving. <laughs> I lost my place. 
The wind rent the mountains and breaks in pieces and rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Maybe that's why as much as I want to, I can't yell tonight. Still, small voice comes to Elijah. He's all alone. He's isolated. And a still, small voice comes to him. I don't know about you. We sing this song back home. Something's moving. Something's changing. I love that song. When, when I'm feeling all alone, when I'm feeling like I'm in the spirit of isolation, I want, I want the thunder to roll. And not Garth Brooks style. I mean the Holy Ghost thunder. I mean, I want lightning to flash. I want the power of God. I want to know God's still moving. God's still working. God's still doing something. But Elijah, it's not, that's not going to be the earthquake. It's not going to be the winds. It's just going to be a little voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face. His mantle went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there, was a, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I've been very jealous. And he, he keeps going through the wrong thing, going through the same old thing. And then all of a sudden, verse 15, And the Lord said unto him, Go return on the way of the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest there, oh, by the way, anoint Hazel, Hazel to be king over Syria. And then anoint Jehu, the son of Nishi, shall thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elijah, the son of Shaphat, of the, I can't say that word, they knew how to name him, shall thou anoint us to be prophet in the room. Just stay with me right here. And it shall come to pass that him that escaped the sword of, of Hazio shall Jehu slay. And him that escapeth the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. It just keeps on going. You're going to anoint Jehu. You're going to anoint Haziel. You're going to anoint Elisha. You're going to keep... And he said, but, but if that's not enough for you, Elijah, yet I've left me 7,000 in Israel. You know what the still small voice was saying to him? When you're in God's economy, when you're in God's kingdom, you are never alone. Elijah's sitting there wanting to die. He is wooden. He is woods to God that he would die. He is isolated. Hear me in the Holy Ghost. Because there is such prophetic canopies over this house, the enemy is going to try to isolate some of you. Some of you sweet sisters are going to battle things in your mind that are going to try to isolate you from one another. That is the work of the enemy. But rem- remember what I told you. The devil always overplays his hand. He's overplaying his hand to isolate you. He wants to separate you to sift you. He wants to separate you to devour you but God sent a word to your heart tonight to tell you even when you feel alone you're never alone there's 7,000 on your side there's Haziel on your side there's Jehu on your side you may feel alone but in God you are never alone lift your hands to heaven and worship lift your hands to heaven and worship with me right now Rise to remind you tonight, fear not, for they that be with us is more than they that be with them. Elijah, you're not alone. Anoint Haziel, anoint Jehu, anoint Elisha. There's 7,000 men. You are not alone. I know, I know, I don't want to be corny or cliche, but Medora, hear me tonight. God is fighting for you. 
He's moving where you cannot see Him moving. He's working where you cannot see Him working. In fact, even in this room tonight, there's an angelic host of angels that are waiting on you and I to tap into what God has for us. He's not left us alone. We will not be isolated. Remember earlier when I said I felt militant? I still do. And I know I'm not screaming. But I'm going to tell you what I'm rising up against tonight. You may say, Brother Wilkes, there's no problems. We don't know what you're talking about. Don't, don't create any. I'm walking some territory right now. I'm walking some, some territory so the enemy knows division is not welcome in this church. Those that would rise against unity are not welcome. That spirit is not welcome. We're going to rise against it in this church because we're in revival. God has brought us to a place where He is pouring out His Spirit. And we're not going to let things creep into our membership. We're not going to let things creep into our hearts. We're not going to have aught against one another. We're not going to let things rise because the enemy wants to separate us one from another. But I hear the words of the old song, Bind us together, Lord, with cords that cannot be broken. I don't know about you tonight, but I'm not going to let the enemy separate me from the body of Christ I've come too far in the church I've been through too much in the church I'm going to hang with the church I'll just, I'll just go to my last point here I, got, I had a whole lot more scriptures these guys can give them to you later they can post them or email them or something but I had a whole lot more scriptures. I was going to read a bunch of scriptures to you to prove to you that the angels are helping us in this season. But there's something at work that's even greater than the angels. I feel the Holy Ghost. I promise you, if I've ever, if I've ever been honest with you, I'm being honest when I tell you. I was sitting. An eighth grade world history class had just left and I had lunch and I was sitting in that school and I pushed myself back from that desk and went and shut the door and turned the lights off and began to pray in that classroom. And God spoke this to me. Thank God for angels that minister to us. Thank God in our darkest moments, brother, that angels come in. We are completely unaware at times, but they minister to us. I've had my family going through such difficult times before and I've prayed, God, would you send an angel to them? Would you just minister to them? Aren't you glad for the angelic host of angels that helps us and strengthens us? But here's my point. Sis, if you want to come play that keyboard, they'll, they'll feel like I'm telling the truth about closing. If we would see an angel walk in this room right now, the hair on our arm would stand up. We'd have a story to tell, that's for sure. It'd be something we would remember. We'd tell, we'd tell our great-grandchildren about the night the angel came in. But see, angels work only on assignment. They have no feelings. They have no emotions about what you're going through. God just commands, and they do. They're powerful. Thank God we have them on our side. But I'm going to tell you, church, as we step in these revival rivers, what's more powerful than angels is your brothers and sisters in the Lord. 
Do they have the power of angelic hosts? No, but let me tell you what they do have. The Bible said he's able to be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. The body of Christ are or is the hands and feet of God. Let me tell you what your brother can do for you that an angel never could. He can grieve when you grieve. He can hurt when you hurt. He can rejoice when you rejoice. Your brothers and sisters, they may not be able to lift you up out of whatever you go through, but they can set in it with you. I've had some friends like that. I've had some people that showed up in moments that were difficult and dark and there really weren't any words to say, but they just sat there in the moment with you and you knew they weren't going anywhere. Hear me tonight, church family. That's why we cannot be divided from one another. The journey's too great for you. Where God has taken you is too great for you alone. And the enemy would love to separate you and get you all alone so there's nobody to minister to you. But I feel in my spirit tonight, I say let the army of this local assembly rise up together. Let the body of Christ rise up together. Let us be strengthened one to another. Let us be reminded that, hey, we don't have it all together. And there may be some things that are difficult. There may be some broken roads in our past together. But we're going to bind together with cords that can't be broken. We're going to cling to one another. Because this revival, it's not about me. It's about us. Let's stand to our feet tonight. One of the most difficult moments of my life, Brother Gill, one of the, one of the absolute darkest moments of my life, I'm going to be transparent with you. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning. And I was laying beside my mother's bed as she wept and sobbed in her sorrow. I would have begged for an angel to walk in that room. No angel showed up. But I heard my phone beep. And I looked at it and it said, Terry Gobin. And in my darkest moment, He reminded me. He didn't know I was even with my mother. He said, would you tell your mother that she's the apple of God's eye? I'm telling you, church, the devil hates our togetherness. I say, God, bind us together. Bind us together. I wish you'd lift your voice and begin to pray in this house. I pray there'd be a spirit of unity come over this body right now. I pray we'd get in one mind and one accord. Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. 
We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry. Ministry.